Okay, I want you to go to Acts chapter 4. And this morning, as you know, uh, <clears throat> Eric shared with us an occasion when Peter was, uh, when Jesus spoke very plainly to Peter about what was about to happen. Tonight, let's go to, as we go to uh, this passage of Acts chapter 4, uh, key person in this passage is also Peter. And uh, <clears throat> there have been some wonderful things that had the cat. I love the book of Acts and uh, because we could say the book of Acts is telling us about the church, the beginning of the church of Jesus Christ, how God's church was birthed, we might say. And, um, and Peter was instrumental. He was a key person in that. And we, Pentecost is back in chapter uh, two, and then now we, we, <clears throat> we uh, come and something had happened, just happened in chapter three, but now we're in uh, chapter four of Acts, and we, let's start with verse one of chapter four. As they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of men of the number of the men came to about five thousand. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all of the people of Israel that the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that, that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them, is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and they charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. 
For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. I'll stop there. That is the word of God. Um, this is an amazing moment in the life of the church. It's an amazing moment in Peter's life. Now, if you were here this morning and you heard Eric's preaching, we uh, know that there was a, a time when things were a little different for Peter than the picture that we see here, right? Uh, Jesus we could, and you know, in our culture, in the world today, we have cell phones, we have software, and it's not, it's a very uh, typical that we'll say this is, uh, you know, Microsoft 1.0, or this is iPhone uh, 5.0, whatever, and we have different versions, don't we? The, uh, diff uh, different version of that software, different version of that cell phone, whatever, we use that concept. We might say that the, that the Peter that, we saw this morning that denied Jesus three times before the cock crowed. We might say that was Peter 1.0. You know, and I don't know about you, but I identify readily with Peter. I talk a lot better game than I do. I say, oh, I'll be there with you. I'll do, I'll do, i do. And then I fail miserably. Good intentions, we call it. But we fail. And Peter, no doubt, had good intentions. He loved Jesus and he wanted to be there. But then, just as Jesus had told him before the cock crows three times, and he was out there and that servant girl asked him, aren't you one of the ones with Jesus? Aren't you one of those Galileans? And oh no, oh no. And, they, and he, you know, he, I don't even know who you're talking about. He denied him. But then we read, we come to this passage. Now, and... What was one of the first things we read? It said that Jesus, that the Peter spoke boldly, boldly. He wasn't hesitant. He wasn't shy. He wasn't timid in any way. Now, in chapter 3, what had just happened and what led up to this, this occasion when, the, when he, they're in the temple, James and Peter, Peter were going up to the temple to pray. And as they went up to the temple, they encountered someone. There was a man who was a lame from birth who came regularly and was placed at what was called the beautiful gate. And he was there so he could be seen and so that he could seek alms. He could seek gifts, if just something, just a little something to help him survive. And so he was there, placed in that strategic location. And when Peter and James going up to the um, Peter and John, I'm sorry, going up to the temple, they see this man blind from birth, not blind, lame from birth. And uh, Luke, the writer of, of Acts, I love his detail. He doesn't, he gives you a lot of detail about exactly what was going on, where it happened. And it says as they were going there, they saw this man. And no doubt he asked them, or something. Um, it says that they uh, looked at him, 
Now, he looked at them. He was hoping to receive a little something. And Peter and John tell him that we don't have any silver or gold to give you, but what we have, we give you. And Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And Luke says that Peter reached and took his right hand. And as he took his right hand, he didn't just stand up. It says he, was, he came up leaping and praising God and walking and praising and leaping. He was overwhelmed with the reality that he had been healed. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? He was so overwhelmed, so thrilled, that he didn't want to leave Peter and John. It said that he was clinging to them, and he continued with them into the temple. And we might say he was making a scene. If you're going to make a scene, that was a good occasion to do one. Make a scene, wouldn't it be? Your legs, your, your ability to walk and stand had been restored. Not only that, he was leaping and praising God. And he was recognized. That's not surprising at all, is it? He was someone people saw regularly. They knew who he was. He was not a stranger to those people who came to the temple, temple on a regular basis. They recognized him because he sat there at the temple at the gate beautiful daily. But he goes in, and Peter asked the people. They could see that, he could see that the people were astonished at this man who had been healed. And Peter said to them, sensing that the people was wondering what had happened. They could see that the man was walking. And Peter says to them, it is not of our own power, it is not because of our piety, that it's not because we're good Jews and we've kept the law perfect, it's not anything about us, not our power, it's not our piety, but the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, that is the God of our fathers, speaking to the men of Israel, he has glorified his son, Jesus. He has glorified his son, Jesus. And this man who stands before you well, healed. He has been healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And this was painful for those who were listening, those leaders of, the, of Israel that were listening because Jesus went on because uh, uh, Peter went on to tell them specifically like I said Luke puts the details in he said and this was painful for them to hear he says this one you delivered up to Pilate you did not when Pilate wanted to free him you denied him that opportunity to be freed, and instead you freed a murderer, Barabbas. And, um, and so he called on them. He called on those that were listening to repent, to turn back to God, to repent of what they had done. And he said, in order for your sins to be blotted out. And as Peter was preaching, the priest, the Sadducees, the captain, of the uh, temple guard, they heard what Peter was saying. 
And they weren't just a little annoyed. They were infuriated by what he was saying for a number of reasons. They, he was saying, Peter was saying that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the promised Messiah. And, and this promised Messiah that you crucified, he has been resurrected from the dead. And so what did they do when they heard Peter's message? They had, him, had Peter and John arrested. They held them overnight so that they could bring them the next day to the council. The priests, the rulers, the, the leaders, the high priests. And uh, Acts says that when Peter spoke, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the reason I call him Peter 2.0. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he was bold. It wasn't St. Peter that stood by the campfire out in the courtyard. This was a Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. And he spoke boldly. He was not timid. He was not tentative. He was clear. He says, if you want to know about the good deed that was performed of healing this man, this crippled man, I'll tell you. And we see in verse 10, he said, Let it be known to you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone which you rejected. You, the builders, you, the leaders, you rejected this stone. He's become the cornerstone. The cornerstone of what? The church of Jesus Christ. He is the foundation. He is the cornerstone. And he said, now listen clearly here. Peter said, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name given under heaven by which we must be saved. And uh, so the, the leaders were afraid to go against the people. The Peter, that, that, that when Peter spoke, they were astounded when they saw the man healed. And uh, they were afraid to go against the people. And so they, what did they do? They were, they were astonished, but they had a dilemma, didn't they? And so they had Peter and John before the council, and then they warned them. They said, speak no more of this man. Speak no more. Keep the only message of salvation to yourselves. There is salvation in no other. Keep it to yourselves. Do not speak, it, speak of it again. And you know what, dear ones? The world hasn't changed. Stop and think what just happened there. Stop and think what we experience even today. And today we hear many, we hear, we hear things like, well, you know, there are many ways to God. There are many different paths. You know, you have a path and you have a path. And there, you know, we all have a different path. The key is, you know, that you're, you're sincere you know, your path is as good as that, you know. But as long as you're sincere, now y'all remember two or three weeks ago when Wayne Herring was here. And Wayne mentioned our culture's justification by death. 
He said, all you have to do is die, and you are ushered immediately into a better place. We all know that to be true. It doesn't matter what your actual life said, what your actual testimony was, not what you did and what you portrayed and what you advocated. It doesn't matter. All you've got to do is die, and you're in a better place. We have what, was, what would be called a, an assumption of relativistic pluralism. All religions are basically the same. We probably shouldn't take any of them too seriously. They're all basically the same. That would be that idea of relativistic pluralism. Even in so-called Christian churches, you may have someone say that the one true God that we worship is essentially the same God that is worshipped in different ways by Buddhists, by Hindus, by Muslims. They have a book, we have a book. They have a symbol, we have a symbol. They have special days, and we have special days. Um, all religions are basically the same, right? No, no, no. Think about what Peter just said, what we just read from God's holy word. We believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah promised in the Old Testament. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He was crucified on the cross. He was buried. And on the third day, he arose again to live forever. And we believe that he's going to come back, and he's going to take those who are his to be with him, to live with him forever. Without these things, without those things I just mentioned, we do not have Christianity. We have something, but we don't have Christianity. You see, Jews insist that Jesus is not the Messiah. They're waiting on the Messiah. Islam declares that Jesus did not die on the cross, and for us to claim that he's the Son of God is blasphemous. At its core, Christianity is incompatible incompatible with other religions the gospel that we read in John says it when he says all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made John 1 3 no one has ever seen God the only God who is at the father's side he has made him known Jesus the only God who is at his side our culture cannot embrace the exclusivity of Christ. We see that. We hear that. That shouldn't shock us. It's been true since the beginning, since the birth of the church. Our culture cannot embrace the exclusivity of Christ, yet Christ alone, by faith alone, is the truth of Scripture. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him, John 3.36. Um, life, if we trust Christ, death, the wrath of God remains on those who refuse to trust in Christ. John 10 
Jesus is speaking in the temple. And he says that his sheep hear his voice. And he says, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one can snatch them out of my hands. Jesus says, I give life, and I protect my sheep. And the unbelieving response to that on that occasion was that they picked up stones in order to stone Jesus. That was the response when Jesus spoke the words that he is the only way. And that's aggressive, that uh, uh, tendency toward violent opposition is, is always there. Um, the unbelieving response is similar always to the gospel. In John 14, 6, we read that Jesus, his famous words to uh, Thomas when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is a definitive statement. It's a clear statement of truth from God's word. There is no other means. There is no other way to the Father. If you want to know God, the only way is through Jesus Christ. This, um, you see, the world has never been able to accept that message. Even though the world was made through him, Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. John 1, 10 and 11. So the doctrine of the exclusivity of Christ is always under attack. It has been from the beginning, and it is today. The media mock it. Comedians mock it. Uh, our government is continuing to move against it regulating it more and more and more and more aggressively. Indeed, we can expect that to continue in the future, and that shouldn't shock us that, that there will be a growing, there will be growing in its loudness, in its aggressiveness, in its, uh, in its effort to silence the gospel. So, it's humbling, isn't it? It's humbling that the only way of salvation found in Christ's person and Christ's work, and many refuse to accept it. But that doesn't change the truth. We can not, as followers of Jesus Christ, lose our focus. We cannot um, lose heart uh, over the hatred and the increasing resolve to oppose the gospel that we encounter. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the most important thing, the most important work that you and I have is to share that. Um, I like what the Westminster Confession of Faith says. The only Redeemer of God's elect is the Lord Jesus Christ, who being the eternal Son of God, became man and was so and so was and continueth to be God and man in two distinct natures and one person forever. There is no other Redeemer. There is no other Savior. Um, no other hope. And so we love him. We love him. And we rejoice in him, and we proclaim him unapologetically. He is the good news. God has sent his son into history 
to find, to seek, and to save sinners, to pay our debts, the debts we owed, and to face our punishment for us. We deserved it. He did it. And he came to forgive us and to bring us rebels, sinners, into his family forever. The world will continue to oppose the gospel of Jesus Christ, just as it did when Peter and John stood before that council on that occasion. What did they say to them? Speak no more in that name. Acts 4, 17 and 18. But we, like Christ's disciples, can not, not speak. We must proclaim and announce to a dying world that Jesus saves. Jesus saves. There is a Savior, and it, the Savior is Jesus Christ. There is salvation found in no other. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, it's even hard to say what I just said, even to dear ones like gathered here tonight. Why do, are we reluctant to state the truth of your gospel? But, Father, we thank you for the truth of your gospel. Thank you for Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive all power, glory, and honor, and blessing forever. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Father, let us rejoice and praise him. Let us rejoice and leap with joy like that lame beggar, beggar that was healed. For the Lord our God, the God Almighty, reigns forever. Amen.